0: Jesus. Amen. To our speakers
1: today. Amen. To each and every one of you. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. I've been tasked to introduce these awesome speakers. Amen. Amen. And when I thought about it, I thought, what do they all have in common? Amen. And three verses came to mind. The first verse was the just shall live by faith. Amen. The next verse that came to mind was, you'll know them by their fruit. Amen. And then the last one that came to mind was when Jesus told his disciples, follow me. And each of our speakers today are faithful, they're fruitful, and they're followers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And you, you know what happens when you encounter a person who is a faithful, fruitful follower of Jesus Christ? You're edified. Amen. I, yes, you are. You're edified. But not only are you edified, but you're left encouraged. Amen. But not only are you edified and encouraged, but you're also walking away empowered. Empowered to live this life. So without further ado, because on Mother's Day, I need to be edified. Amen. I need to be encouraged. Amen. I need to walk away empowered to be about this life. Amen. Amen. This life of Jesus Christ. So we're going to honor our mothers. And first up, we're going to hear from is Sister Jackie Daniels. She's going to teach today. Ten minutes. Our mother's wounds God bless you
2: Good morning morning. (laughs) I would like to first stand and give honor to God And just thank him for just being here Just being in this church I love St. Matthews And I fight with Pastor Gordon all the time And y'all see that But I truly do love him as being the leader over my life underneath Jesus Christ, and I thank him for just allowing me to be able to stand here today. I thank for my family, my husband, my children, and for my everything, because without Jesus and without God, as you will see, I am nothing and nobody. So anything that you see in me, it has to be anything good. God, let me correct that one. (laughs) It has got to be of Jesus Christ, so let us just bow our heads and just pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for allowing me to stand here. I thank you for what you have allowed me to experience in my life. I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a wounded mother and wife, that I would be able to stand before you, God, and to know that my wounds are not for you, God. But it's all about you, Lord, that say that one day I will be able to see you and all of this will be gone. And for that, I say thank you. I thank you for being Mother's Day. And I just thank you, Lord, for you being in my life. And I ask all these blessings. Upon me and upon all these women that stand here today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Okay, let's get started. A mother's wounds. (laughs) Wounds come in all different types, shapes, and sizes. Some need medical attentions, others need just bandages, and some need either one. Mother. A mother is a female parent. Who has taken over the task of birthing, raising, or caring for children or a child. One time I had a conversation with a man that I thought was intelligent, come to find out he had no common sense. And he said to me, a woman ain't did nothing because she had a child. And so I said to him, well take what you have, and I'm trying to make it sound right, but take what you have, put it in a jar and come back nine months later and tell me what you got." Proverbs twenty-one asks a question. Who can find a virtuous woman? Pro- virtuous means she's noble, wholesome, honest, blameless, faithful, and she's up front. Nowhere in Proverbs twenty-one does it state that this woman is wounded. In today's society, there's a question that has all different types of meanings about a virtuous woman. The Bible states that she is hard to find. She, uh, she takes a look at her children. She's married. She's a mother. She has children. She, teach, she treats each other well. She works in and out of the home. She cooks. She cleans. She irons. She sews. She makes clothes. She organizes the money. And she faces each day with a smile. Plus, her children and her husband call her blessed. And one thing I love, it says that she fears the Lord, which means that she worships him, she obeys him, she serves him, and she trusts in him. Wow, she's an amazing woman. Some woman sees this woman as saying, wow, she's a fool, but God said that she's not, she's virtuous. Many times we as women try to be this and sometimes we get wounded and we become hurt. We go through rejection, abuse, we go through betrayal, failures, the death of a loved one, abandonment, hurts, pain, 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 and more pain and it's called being wounded. We start to ask, I know I've asked these questions, what about me? When is my turn going to come? Does anyone know that I'm here? Am I invisible? What's going to happen to me? No one cares about me. The Bible speaks of several different wounded mothers who went through some very difficult situations. In Genesis 16, we talk about Hagar. She was a single mom who became a mother by means of surrogacy. A man used her to make a child for him and his wife. I can imagine living in the same house with this family. I cannot imagine. You can read the whole Bible verse for yourself. Jacobab in Exodus one, she, this mother gave birth to a child, but because he was a male, she had to hide him. I can't imagine hiding my children. Bravo. Bathsheba in Second Samuel eleven four, she had a poor lapse of judgment, and view sight. She was taking a bath. You told you take a bath, you're naked, but she knew. I heard a preacher say she knew that somebody would be up on that rooftop, another man, and he would be looking at her. Y'all know how we do. We want a man to look at us. (laughs) Not in the Bible. (laughs) Not in the Bible was a woman named Alberta. She was my mother, a very strong, wounded, married woman who struggled to raise all of her children. By any means, it was called survival. Her decisions did not always match up with her character. I've learned that hurting people hurt other people. What else can we have unless we have something different? If I hurt you, you hurt me. It's back and forth. This wounded mother, my mother taught me another wounded mother at the age of 16 how to be responsible and to survive. I can still hear her say, stop crying. It's time to grow up. Put on your big girl panties. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And that's how I was taught. Make yourself responsible. Don't pull your head down. You're not the first and you won't be the last. That's how I was brought up. Every woman in my childhood did the best to love themselves and to love me. I was told to hold my head up, be strong, pray often, talk to the Lord was mandatory. Respect your adults. You better not speak to another adult when I'm talking to them, you wait your turn. And if you don't get a turn, you sit down and you wait. Sit to the table and eat. Don't walk around from the table. Say your madness. Be confident. And no matter what happens, remember that Jesus loves you. I couldn't comprehend all of that. If Jesus loves me, then why all of this? Why the abandonment? Why the hurt? Why the wounds? But Jesus loved me. The wounded, wounded war no, the wounds of a woman and the wounds of the world remind me of a war. Do all of y'all know we're in a war? Once you get saved, you know we're in a war. When a person is drafted in a war, they didn't volunteer. They were drafted. The same is similar for a biblical draft. John 15:16 says, Jesus chose us. We didn't choose him, so we didn't volunteer for this. I didn't volunteer to get saved. I didn't wake up one morning. Jesus chose me. At the age of 30, I was drafted to be in the army of the Lord, and I soon realized that I was in a war. The enemy was mad. Heaven increased and hell decreased. We are all in a war, if the truth be told. There was times life seemed harder, but I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. stayed. Sometimes I didn't want to stay, and I kept saying, Lord, where are you? I thought life was going to be better, but many times it was not. I had heard, and I started reading, and the Bible taught me in Proverbs 16:2, humans are satisfied with ever God, whatever looks good, but God looks at what is good, and a lot of times we can't see that. Then I learned God is a good teacher, and Psalm 1:19,71, I learned this one the hard way. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn thy statue. I did not fully understand it, and I still kept saying, Lord, what are you talking about? It's good that you hurt me, but then I'm still supposed to turn around and love. I don't understand, God, what's going on? What are you trying to teach me? Oftentimes we warn ourselves, mothers, by fighting each other through gossiping, through backbiting, through envy, and through jealousy. We talk about each other's in front of our children, and then when things go wrong, we're wondering, well, where did our children get this? What we have done, we have taken that Bible verse that says, train up a child in the way she should go. We're training them up the way that we do wrong, and then we want them to go, and then we get upset when we see what they're not doing right. We are our own bad teachers, and that's all that I want to say. I am also reminded of Mary, Jesus' mother. She trusted and she was obedient, but she was wounded. Nobody talks about her wounds. She was a wounded man. I cannot imagine an angel coming to me saying that I'm going to have a child and that I got to give this child up and he's going to be the son of God, the living Word, and then I got to stand there and I got to watch him lay up, get up on that cross and crucify him. I, I I just cannot imagine that. But I can tell you what I can imagine. I can tell you what happened to me. I had a child, and at the age of 21, she did die. She was killed, and I had to watch her go down in that grave. I had to watch her go down in that. hurt. I had to watch her being carried away and then leave a son. God knows, have mercy. At the age of six months and I had to raise him, I thought I was finished, God. You tell me that you love me? How how can you do this to me? But he said, Jackie, I love you. Just hold on. I love you. And I'm here to tell you at the age of 34, he's still here. He's alive. I'm mom. I'm my mom. I'm grandma. I'm a little bit of everybody's mom. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. That's our wounded mom. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was also wounded. Isaiah 53 says, but he was wounded for our transgression, which is our sins, our wrongdoing, our wickedness. He was abused for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus did nothing to deserve death. He did not choose to die, but he came here to die so that we would have the right to the tree of life. In conclusion, in the military, there's a way that people try to get out, and it's called AWOL, and it's called Absent Without Leave. However, in this biblical war, there have been many times I cried out, Father God, I can't take it anymore. I want to get out. Where's my AWOL? And he said, I got one for you. He said, I want you to go to John 15. My A for you, Jackie, is abide. I want you to abide in me and I in you. And without me, you cannot do anything. Accept me, Jackie. i die for you. I want you. I love you. Then he said, "Jackie, I want you to go to the W, which is a waymaker. I am a waymaker." First Peter five seven said, "Cast all your cares upon me, because I care for you. No matter how bad the situation, Jackie, I love you." He said, and now I want you to go and look for omnipresent. He said, "I am everywhere and all times. I am everything, and I, everything that you have, I need. You need it, Jackie." He said, and then I want you to go to John eight twelve. Jackie, I am the light. I am your light. He said that I am the light of the world I want you to follow me because in all of that darkness I am the light and I want you to keep moving forward and then he said I am wounded Jackie I've allowed the woundedness so that you may be able to know me that you would be able to pray for me that you would be able to get down on your knees and know that I am who I said that I am because without me I am nothing I am nothing and nobody when it seems that you are beyond your help and your wounds is too hard Go to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. It says we are troubled on every side. Good God of mercy. Yet not distressed We are perplexed, which is we are puzzled But we are not in despair We are persecuted, but not forsaken We are struck down, but not destroyed Women, we are wounded There's not a woman in here that's not had some types of wounds But I want y'all to know that we got to depend on Jesus Christ Because one day we're going to see him for just who he is And I want him to be able to say, well done You were wounded, but you were wounded for me The Bible says that I might know him in the power of his suffering And the power of his might that I may be able to. So we need to get saved. We need to learn who Jesus Christ is because we're going to be wounded. There's no challenge out there that we cannot have. But through Jesus Christ, we can do it all. God bless you and have a nice mother.
1: watchfulness. God bless you. Praise the Lord.
3: Praise him one more time. Oh, make it good to me. Praise him one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jackie, for that wonderful word. Whew. Give an honor to God to my pastor for the opportunity to be here today and to Sister Gordon uh, to speak to you about the watchfulness of of a mother I'm also thankful to God and to my husband because without them I wouldn't be a mother (laughs) and to my beautiful children my mother-in-law is here today and I want to encourage all of you mothers to have the best Mother's Day today happy Mother's Day all right let's have prayer Father God I thank you for this opportunity to share with your people what you have shared with me I pray a special blessing upon the mothers that are gathered here today. Let no flesh glory in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Watchfulness, watchfulness. So biblically, watchfulness suggests preparedness against the enemy, fighting carelessness to reach a desired goal, and in the New Testament, preparation for the Lord's return, guarding against temptation and struggle in prayer. Now, I'd like to share with you three things that, as mothers, we need to watch. We should watch our mouths, watch our memberships, that is, our alignments, whom we align with, and watch our motives. Amen? All right. All right. So meet me in the Old Testament in Second Chronicles 21. And while you're going there, we will read it in your presence, verses 1 through 7. Now, Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brethren of the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah and Yehiel and Zechariah and Azariah and Michael and Shephatiah. And these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. And their father gave them great gifts of gold and silver and precious things and with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom he gave to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. Now when he was risen up, in the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword and diverse also the princes of Israel. Jehoram was 30 and two years old when he began to reign and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and as he promised to give light to him and his sons forever. Just to give you a little background, in Second Chronicles 17.20 we read about King Jehoshaphat, who was known as the godly king, who did not turn aside from doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did, however, make some bad alliances or memberships, And one of them was with Ahab. He made peace with Ahab of Israel and married his son Jehoram to Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. Now, who was Athaliah's mother? Jezebel, commonly known as the most wicked woman in the Bible. And apparently, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Let's talk a little bit about influence. Now, you know, influencers are everywhere. You look at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. How many times did you buy something based on the words of an influencer? Am I the only one? Well, as mothers, we have a greater influence over our families. What they like and what they don't like. What they'll wear, what they won't wear. Even what they'll eat and what they won't eat. And most importantly, we have influence over who they worship. Now Athaliah, like her mother, was a strong and persuasive personality who was dedicated to paganism as her mother was. And she single-handedly influenced her husband, children, and eventually all of Judah to turn their hearts from God and to worship Baal. So mothers, we need to watch our mouths as death and life are in the power of the tongue. Somebody say, watch your mouth. Now, for our memberships, there's another thing we need to watch out for. We need to watch who we align ourselves with. Now, seeing that Jehoram led his people of Judah into whoredom and made Judah go astray, in verse 18 and 19, it tells us the Lord struck Jehoram with a horrible disease of his bowels, and he died with dishonor. So in chapter 22, we read that his youngest son, Ahaziah, takes the throne. And in verse 2 through 4, it reads, Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter. It says daughter, but she is the granddaughter when you do some background, of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Wherefore, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. We see uh, in verse 7 that his death is ordained by God as he went to visit Yoram. And who was Yoram? Ahab's son. So, you know, we really need to be careful who it is that we call friends, who it is that we have around our families. You know, I I think every one of us has that friend. You know the questionable friend. They're into some sketchy things, but they never did anything to hurt you, right? You think, you know, if we hang around them long enough, they'll get saved. And, you you know, if they hang around a family, you just pray nothing rubs off, right? Yeah, somebody say memberships. Watch the memberships. And finally, our motives. You got to have pure motives in everything that you do because your children are watching. Remember Lucy and Ethel? They always had some kind of grand scheme going on. And it was funny to watch, but if you noticed, Lucy was always trying to knock Ricky off his pedestal. You notice that? In every episode, she was trying to usurp her husband's authority. But it never worked out well, did it? Well, Athaliah had a grand scheme as well, but it didn't work out so good for her either. Now let's read from chapter 22, verse 10, where it says... But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she rose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. Now on the surface, it looks like this evil woman killed her own grandchildren so that she could be queen. Oh, but it goes much deeper than that. You see, in killing off the heirs to the throne, not only would she cancel the Davidic covenant, but because there, were, you know, because there were no more heirs, but she would destroy the line of the Messiah. Oh yes, she was wicked. But God said not so. He sent in another motivated woman named Jehoshapheth. Her name means Yahweh is an oath. Jehoshapheth stole away Joash, which means fire of Yahweh. So Yahweh's oath stole away Yahweh's fire. Yoash was the youngest son of Ahaziah, and she hid him away for six years in the temple of Jerusalem, where he was trained up in the way that he should go. And in the seventh year, oh, that perfect number seven, God kept the promise that he made to David in Psalm 89, 3 and 4, making Joash king, ridding the world of the evil Athaliah and turning Judah back to him. How many of you know that God is faithful to all his promises? Hallelujah. So mothers, we need to watch our mouths as we are a major influence over our families. We need to watch our memberships because our children are watching who it is that we make associations with. And we definitely need to watch our motives because like it or not, everything we say and do influences our children. God bless you. Have a happy Mother's Day. Thank you, praise the Lord, hallelujah.
1: Cherie Page. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Teaching on a mother's wisdom for 10 minutes.
4: Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. Giving honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who saved me and set me free Giving honor to my pastor, uh, ministers in the pulpit, uh, to my covering, where are you? To my husband, Deacon Page. Like I said before, I really like him. I really like him. (laughs) Giving honor to my uh, daughter. Uh, We share this door relationship together. I am her mother and we are also sisters in Christ. I'm um, giving honor to my First Lady. Happy Mother's Day. And to all the mothers who are sharing this platform with me this morning. And, all, and I'm giving honor to all the mothers that are up in this place. So give yourselves a round of applause for just being a mother. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. You are worthy. You were worthy this morning, and you're worthy now. We just ask, Father God, that you just bless and help me to exhort and and encourage a mother this morning. Keep me near the cross, and it is in Jesus' name that I do pray. Amen. Amen. My assignment this morning is a mother's wisdom. Praise the Lord. Each year in May, on the second Sunday of the month, mothers all over are celebrated for the sacrifices they make on behalf of their children. Moms of every walk of life, whether married or single, young or seasoned, whether you're a widow, stepmother, adoptive mother, foster mother, godmother, a guardian, a working mom, an unemployed mom, a stay-at-home mom, or mother who has lost a child on this journey called life all have have been placed into this state called motherhood. It is believed that motherhood is the state or experience of having or raising a child. But the mother who has trusted in the Lord Jesus as her Savior knows that she also has a spiritual responsibility attached to the rearing of her children. Before we launch into the message together, I'd like to say that I am not shooting from my hip pocket by no means when sharing this perspective in regards to a mother's wisdom. I am a mother of two adult children. My oldest is 26 and my youngest will be 23. And for those who personally know me, know that I was a stay-at-home mom for many years. And through my Christian journey as a stay-at-home mom, I've come to know through scripture, Proverbs 14:1 says, every wise woman buildeth her house. Every wise woman buildeth her house. The title of my message is A Mother's Journey with Wisdom. A wise mother is known to begin her journey being curious about the will of God for her life. She seeks to know more about God and the precepts Of his word. As this mother develops in the word, she learns through scripture that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But before all this could occur in her life, before she could make use of God's knowledge, before she could understand truth, Before she could ever receive word-bound advice, she heard the call of redemption. And because she accepted the call, she is able to walk in the newness of life. Every wise woman buildeth her house. She, She now becomes aware of the promptings of the Holy Spirit. She becomes cautious about her character. She no longer allows her ungodly motives to become hindrances for herself or her household. A Christ-like mimicker is what she is becoming for her children and a godly example for those future generations to follow. She cautiously trains and instructs her children so they might learn how to become team players in life and in God's army. This mother is concerned about the care of her children, and she's concerned about the spiritual development in regards to God's word. Every wise woman buildeth her home. This mother can be found praying with her children. Praise the Lord. She develops this prayer life with the Lord Jesus on behalf of herself in her household. She's reminded that she ought always to pray. She goes boldly to the throne of grace to make her request known until the only wise God our savior. She realizes that heaven does not move on her reasoning or her personal logic. So she learns to strategically give back his words so her trials may work for her and not against her. This mother knows that while she is going through her tailor-made trial, she can ask the Lord to reveal the purpose and reason for it. Every wise woman buildeth Her house. This mature mom. This mature woman now knows the true meaning of wisdom. She knows it's not handed down from prior generation. She knows that this wisdom cannot be bought, but it can be obtained. The Bible says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction." Wisdom to this mother, wisdom to this mother, wisdom to this mature mother is the quality of having experience and knowledge while depending on the word of God. This word-bound advice that is given from Christ is what she depends on as she journeys through life. May the Lord bless you and may heaven smile upon you.
1: Next up is Sister Tanya Murphy. She will be speaking for 10 minutes on a mother's works.
5: Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastors whispered, the stakes are going up. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this privilege. I thank you for this time. I have studied, but dear God, I need your strength. I need your power. Your will be done in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. One day, four ministers stood talking. I prefer the King James Version of Scripture, said one, for its eloquent use of the English language. A second minister gave forth that no Bible could match the new American standard for its faithfulness to the original Greek and Hebrew text. That may well be, said the third, but I prefer the new international version for its contemporary language and easy readability. There was a thoughtful period of silence, and then the fourth minister said, I like my mother's translation best. It was with some surprise that the other said, we didn't know your mother had translated the Bible. Yes, she did, he replied. She translated it into her daily life. And it was through her translation that I came to faith. My message this morning is a mother's work. And my scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. Paul is writing to his protege, his son in Christ, Timothy, encouraging him to be faithful. Paul is in prison for the last time, awaiting persecution. Second Timothy is Paul's last letter before he died, and he is writing to Timothy. He is writing to me. He is writing to you. He is writing to all Christians. As you know, Timothy was deeply loved by Paul. Timothy is being groomed to carry the torch spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, we see Paul pour love into Timothy by saying, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance yeah. the unfeigned faith yeah. that is in thee which dwelt first in thy mother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded yeah. that in thee also yeah. Paul is persuaded that the unfeigned, the sincere genuine authentic natural unforced unpretended faith that is in Timothy first dwelt in Grandmother Lois and Mother Eunice. Unfeigned faith Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, a gift from God given to his children. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. The Bible says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of faith would produce endurance. This is what dwelt in mother and grandmother. Endurance, joy, peace. And when something dwells in us, it is worked up in us. It has worked in us. We harp on it. It resides in us. When we talk, we talk about it. And when we think, we think about it. We are unconsciously conscious about it. Sincere believing without seeing resided in them. Not much is written in the Bible about Lois and Eunice, but the mere fact that unfeigned faith dwelt in them and influenced their boy, Tempo- Timothy, is enough. Yeah. This Mother's Day, what can we learn from Grandmother Lois and Mother Eunice? This dynamic duo... They had to believe in the motherhood manual. I don't believe that Lois and Eunice would get into the theory that motherhood doesn't come with a manual. Like some colleagues would have us believe. Like some friends would have us believe. Like even some therapists would have us believe. I believe that Lois and Eunice would lift their Bibles and say, here is our motherhood manual. And I read by it and I study it and I meditate on it and I live by it. The word of God dwelt in Lois. In Eunice. We know that because Acts 16.1 tells us that Grandmother Lois and Mother Eunice had become believers. They were first Jews and converted to Christianity and that they faithfully influenced Timothy in the Lord. Our most important body of work as mothers who believe in Jesus Christ is to faithfully influence our children in the Lord and it happens in our daily living. What dwells in us That which has worked in us oozes out of us in our daily living. How we start our day, when we pray, how we speak to others, who we speak to, what we tell our children about themselves, what we tell ourselves about ourselves, how we discipline them, what we say yes to, what we say no to, what we show up for, who we wake up to, how we prioritize, how we handle our money, how we handle setbacks, the phone calls we take, the conversations we have, how we treat our neighbors how we treat those of another race what we read and what we watch how we dress on Sunday mornings and how we dress on Saturday night the language that we use in church and the language that we use for the rest of the week how we praise and what we praise and who we praise we are naturally living out that which dwells in us and our children no matter their age, can see it and feel it. Timothy was influenced by grandmother and mother. What was dwelling in them oozed out of them in their daily living. I don't know about you, but as a mom of a millennial son, I'm inspired and encouraged by Timothy's grandmother and mother's body of work. Their unfeigned faith of godly influence having an eternal impact on Timothy and their influence built a family legacy of faith. When I think of family legacy, I'm reminded of a story that has been told in my family for over 50 years. And it was my, grand, my great-grandmother who was at the gravesite of her daughter, my grandmother, my mother's mother. And it was there she stood over, she stood over her daughter's grave and she put her hand over her, her eyes and she said, Lord, if I should fall in this hole, I won't be afraid. But I sure hope I don't. And when I think about that story, my dad likes to tell that story a chance he gets in his South Philly swagger. And speaking in an old lady's voice, it makes some of us laugh. But for some of us, it's a tough story to hear, and I understand that. This Mother's Day, Mom, I have a new perspective on that story. After reading about Lois and Eunice, if I could dramatize, if I could imagine having a conversation with your grandmother, i like to imagine that when I asked her why you said those words over your mom's grave, i like to believe that she'd answer by saying, great-granddaughter, notice that in that moment, the first thing that I did was I called on the name of the Lord. I knew to call on Jesus. I had called out to to him many times before on behalf of your grandmother, the same way your grandmother moaned and groaned and sang to Jesus on behalf of your mother, the same way your mother pleaded out to the Lord on your behalf, the same way you call on Jesus for Marky. I'd like to imagine that grandma would continue, that great-grand Order. The next thing I said that if I should fall I would not be afraid and even as they lowered the casket fear did not dwell in me but faith dwelt in me and second Timothy chapter one continues with verse seven that says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind But the most important reason, great-granddaughter, that I was able to stand over my daughter's grave as she was lowered into the ground is because as a mother, I had been fathered. I had been fathered by the one who sits high and looks low, by the one who understood the heart of a mother, the one who interprets, moans, and groans, the one who strengthens, the one who provides, and the one who makes a way out of no way. Christian mothers, if we desire to be like Lois and Eunice, having unfeigned faith dwelling in us, we have to be fathered, first accepting Jesus as personal Savior, then growing in progressive sanctification and reading our motherhood manual for daily direction, giving glory to Christ Jesus. As the book of Timothy continues, ultimately, Timothy was not the only person to benefit from the godly influence of grandmother and mother, but the entire church of Ephesus reaped the benefit of his godly influence. So this day, this Mother's Day, let's practice that dwelt type of un faith. When they say Happy Mother's Day, let us hear Happy, I sought the Lord and He heard my cry day. When they say Happy Mother's Day, let us hear Happy, train up a child in the way he should go and we as he is old, he shall not depart from it. When they say Happy Mother's Day, let us hear Happy, Be still and know that I am God Day. And when they say happy Mother's Day, let us hear happy. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Faith Dwelling Day. God, Jesus, thank you for your word. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 sorry. Jesus. I'm sorry. I know, I know, I know. Jesus. Woo. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Next up, oh, Lord have mercy for the word, It's Sister Diane Gordon. Woo. A woman who does not need an introduction. Faithful, fruitful follower of Jesus the Christ. She's going to speak for 10 minutes on a mother's worship. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
6: bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt the Lord together. I sought the Lord and he heard my cry and he delivered me from all my fears. Oh, taste and The Lord is good. I give honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I give honor to my pastor, my husband, and my boss. And I'm going to get you because you have put all this weight on me. They are 20 pounds lighter and I feel 50 pounds heavier. But to God be the glory. For the next 10 minutes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that I would decrease so you would increase. I have nothing but you are everything, O oh God. Touch our ears. We may hear your word. Touch our minds. We may understand it. Touch our hearts so we can bear fruit in the name of Jesus. For the next 10 minutes, I'm to talk about a mother's worship. Happy Mother's Day to my mother, to my sister. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers today. A mother's worship. So for the next 10 minutes, I want to talk, define what worship is. I want to talk about what a mother who worships must do, how a mother demonstrates her worship, and what's different about a mother who worships. See, worship has power. It has the power to change the atmosphere. It has power to change our attitudes, and it has power to change our altitude. A mother who worship is not just someone who comes to one service on Sunday, She's not a casual worshiper, a mother who worship enjoys all the benefits of Psalm 91 because she dwells in the secret place of the Most High God. Worship is defined as as regularly acknowledging, affirming, and ascribing worth to and standing in awe of who God is. Worship has nothing to do with us and everything to do with who he is worship, a mother who worships, sees God and she's left speechless. She sees him high, holy, majestic, lifted up, all-powerful, almighty, sovereign, the ruler who reigns. She sees him as redeemer. She sees him as incomprehensible. She sees him as a God who cares. She sees him as great and awesome and mighty in power. Psalm 33, 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of Him. We ought to be speechless at who God is. In Psalm 89, 7, it says, God is greatly to be feared. No, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be in reverence of all of them that are about Him. He's to be had in reverence. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. This kind of worship is not automatic. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without effort and without intention. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain or in Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour cometh and is now when the true worshipers, the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, and in truth, for the father's seeking, he's looking for such. He's look, he's seeking for such to worship him. A mother who acknowledges, affirms, and ascribes worth and stands in awe of who God is, has to push past some of her own mountains to get to that place of worship. A mother who worships must learn to push past the mountain of bitterness. Yeah. to push past the mountain of dissatisfaction to push past the mountain of discontentment in her life yeah. to push past the mountain of disappointments to push past the mountain of resentment yeah. she must like Hannah like like Hannah she must pour out her soul yeah. before god Hannah was in bitterness of soul. She was in sorrowful spirit and she began to just let God know just how angry and resentful and bitter she was about being barren. So much so that she just started talking and words wasn't coming out and Eli, she was just pouring it out before God. She had to pour it out in verse 15 before she could worship and get up early in verse 19. After she wrung her soul out. She wrung it. You know when you wring out a rag, you're just trying to get all the water out. You wring it and then you shake it some more. No, God, there's some more bitterness in my heart, so i got to shake it out some more. I'm still resentful. I shake it out some more. A mother who worships rings out her soul before God. Not only does a mother who worships pour out of her soul, a mother who worships must be willing to press past the issues in her life. Like the woman with the issue of blood. In order, she just had to press past the crowd so she could get in the presence of power, the most high God, Jesus Christ. She just wanted to touch him, and if we're going to be able to worship, if we're going to be able to worship, we got to press past our personal issues that are crowding out the worship in our lives. A mother who acknowledges and affirms and ascribes worth to and stands in awe of who God is not only pours out her soul and presses past her issues to get in the presence of the Jesus Christ. A mother who worship demonstrates her worship, her devotion to worship by sacrificing something of value. Like the woman in Luke chapter 7 with yeah. the alabaster box who stood at his feet and behind him was weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them. You know, and I, that, that had to be something because, see, I don't do feet. She worshipped. Just, I'm just just, saying. I'm just saying. I don't do my own feet. I surely can't do somebody else's feet. And she kissed and anointed his feet and poured the expensive ointment. Or maybe like the the poor widow who gave her two mites, who gave all that she had as an act of worship. See, a mother who worship demonstrates her devotion to worship by sacrificing something of value. She's willing to sacrifice her time, her personal agendas. She's willing to forego forego the tweet and the post and the hookup Uh and the TV shows so she can worship. I'm not talking about praying because we can we can ask God for some stuff. I'm talking about just ascribing that you're great and you're good and you're gracious and you're holy and you're righteous and you're just God and you're a faithful God and you're a good God. I'm talking about worship. The mother who acknowledges, firms, ascribes, worth to, and stands in awe of who God is, she's willing to do what's needed. She pours out her soul. She presses past her issues. She demonstrates her devotion by sacrificing something of value, but there's something different about her. There is something different about her. A mother who worships, she, she has a different perspective. She, know that, she knows that God is great. She knows that God is all-powerful. She knows that God is an ever-present God. A present help in the time of trouble. So when trouble comes, she just looks to the hills. She knows that there is nothing too hard for her God. Yeah. She knows when crisis comes and it's coming. She knows that when crisis shows up in her life, God is sovereign and he does not have to call an emergency staff meeting in heaven with the Godhead to figure out what needs to be done but he has already before the foundation of the world dispatched the grace that's custom designed for her crisis and so that she's just waiting for her crisis to catch up with the grace that's custom Design so she can step into it. A mother who worship knows that. She knows that God looms larger than our problems. When our heart is overwhelmed, she's led to the rock that's higher than she is. Not only does she have a different perspective, she has a different persuasion. She knows that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor, nor things to come shall be able to separate her from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. She has a different perspective, she has a different persuasion, and she has a different persona. You can't come into the presence on a regular basis of the Most High God and be the same. You've got to be changed. His glory will overwhelm you. When you peer into the Word of God and see He's God Almighty that you see that he's the one that stretched out the heavens and that he's the one that created all things. When you peer into that word, you see his goodness and his greatness and his sufficiency and his sovereignty and his providence over every aspect of your life. You see it, you see it, you see it, and you know it. You begin to experience what 2 Corinthians 3.18 says we all. With open faces, beholding open. as in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Yeah. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord, see, we become like what we worship. Yeah. Oh, worship transforms our heart. Not only does a mother who worship have a different perspective, a different persuasion, and a different persona, she's perceived by others differently. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And so I pray, I pray today that we will all do what is needed to get past the mountains that prevent us from worshiping God in spirit and in truth. That we will pour out our souls and rid ourselves of the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiving spirit and the resentment that even we have towards God for disappointing us and not meeting our expectations and that we would press past the issues that are crowding out God in our lives so that we stop being identified by our issues but we, be, we would be begin to identify by our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we would be able to demonstrate our devotion devotion by sacrificing our time to acknowledge, affirm, ascribe to, and stand in awe of who God is. For God is great and greatly to be praised. So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Worship God in spirit and in truth.
1: Are you encouraged? Have you been empowered? Amen. Well, next up is a man who does not need any introduction. He is the angel of this house. Amen. None other than our pastor. Amen. None other than Dr. Raymond Gordon. He's gonna teach on a mother's worth. God bless you.
0: Oh, oh. Oh Lord, hallelujah. I'm not gonna be long, but I'm gonna take my time. Now, let me let me say at the outset, we have the baddest good connotation, the baddest women anywhere in this church. and listen to me. I consider myself a theologian. The doctrine is impeccable. Not covenant theology is impeccable. Don't get quiet now. Amen. What a job, and I do not want to okay outsiders doing our retreats no more. I think we got enough power on the inside. You see, they got quiet on that one. But anyway, thank the Lord. These ladies, boy, I t- and listen, most of them are on a choir. No, 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 no. You didn't get that. Which means they know what they're singing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, boy, i tell you, from Jackie, I mean Jackie go way back. She's from South Jackie. I don't know if Jackie remembered this years ago. Jackie wasn't no joke in high school. (laughs) South Philadelphia High. And one time somebody in the choir said something to her. She said, Pastor, you better tell them don't fool with me. I said, don't fool with her. (laughs) Uh, Thank the Lord from whom all blessings flow. And, uh, boy, I tell you, I was just sitting up there and Tanya, all of them, Tanya. Let me, let me tell you how crazy Tommy. stand up, Tommy. That's a bad girl, Doc. Now, 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 listen, I approached her and I said, I need you to speak for me. She said, oh, I guess I got to do my hair, huh? <laughs> That's a bad girl, boy. Now, I'm wrapping this up with the worth. we had alliteration of W's. The Worth of a Mother, and this will be a few minutes, Proverbs 31, 10, don't turn. It's called the virtuous woman. First, we see the mystery of this woman. There's a rhetorical question going out, who can find this kind of woman? You don't find her in a bar, you don't find her in a club, you you don't find her uh, online. She ain't on Facebook. Who can find a virtuous, which means excellent, and Jackie gave you all the definitions, a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. Can I get a witch? So, so the first thing, the rhetorical question deals with the mystery of this woman who can find her. Now, now let me stop Paul's park. and I don't love my wife and, and her, her family, but amen. All my life, my searches, as I search for a woman, I wasn't always in the right place looking for the right thing. Now, y'all going to get quiet on me, y'all going to help pass out. Preachers, y'all ain't said amen yet. And I'm really thinking about replacing y'all. Exactly. In the name of Jesus. But who, who can, where, where do you find this excellence? And some commentators say she is difficult to find. Other commentators say you can't find her. Because the reason you can't find her is because she cannot do this by herself. God has to make her. Into this kind of woman. Can I get a woman? And, then, and then, then he moves from the mystery to her makeup. Amen. And, 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 and basically her makeup is a woman of character. A woman that can be trusted. A woman whose husband can safely trust in her. Can I get a witness? Oh, this, this, this one's getting deep. She, she's a woman of character traits. Integrity. Can I get a witness? Everything that's not in the White House today. She's a woman. She's a woman. Y'all need me say that again. She she's a woman of high character. Can I get a witness? She 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 lives what she believes. Hey, her her makeup her makeup her makeup. Amen. Is something that is hallelujah. Excellent high makeup. And, and not only does it deal with a mystery and a makeup, it deals with her management. She manages her household. Amen. Which some women today thinks that that is a curse. She manages her household. Yesterday my son turned 29. 29. My, my youngest daughter will be 24 next week. Um... I'm getting older. And, and, and one of the things that we need to understand is that, is that her management of, a, of her home and her husband, Lord have mercy, the management as, amen, Sherry was talking about the management and as Kim was talking about the management, amen, of what God asked her to do is intact. Can I get a witness? Oh, yeah, it's intact. When you look at 3110 on, you'll see that she she sells, she buys, she takes flax, she's, she's making things, she's industrious. Come on, she's a manager. She manages the home. She makes sure her family has what it needs. She makes sure her husband has what he needs. Her husband is known in the gates, denoting elderhood. He's known in the gates, not because he's got degrees in theology, he's known in the gates because his wife is a management of the home. Lord Hemmer, she gives people jobs, she, she seeks wool, she's 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 helping people in the streets that don't have. She's very of a, a very managerial woman. Managerial. Managerial. Years ago, when we first got married, my wife was in corporate America, a great job. She came home one day. She didn't tell me. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I'm having a little problem at work. I said, what is it? She said, well, I don't want to go into it. I said, okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll go up there tomorrow. (laughs) So she said, I don't want you to go up there. I said, I'll go up there. I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. She said, who are you going to see? The president. I'm going to the president's office. And say, you fooled my wife, man. I'm going to take all y'all out. You you must be out of your mouth. She said, you don't do that in corporate America. I said, oh. (laughs) I Thought I was back in the streets, you know what I mean? But but, but child of God, child of God, she's a manager. Can I get a witness? And when you matriculate through the chapter, All of her work comes out to worth because she's magnified. Now don't miss this one. We're getting very close. Her children rise up. The word rise denotes at a specific period of time. At a specific period of time when it was not warranted, they rose up and called her blessed. But don't stop there, because her husband also rises up. Now, if the children rise up and the husband ain't rising up, you got a problem in the pipeline, Doc. You. Can I get a witness? The, the husband also rises up and praises her. Do I have a witness? The children praises her, and the husband praises her. She's a woman of worth. Her worth is far Above rubies. Her worth is more than having big hips. Her worth, let me see if I can hoop this one out. Her worth is more than having silky hair. Her worth is more than shaking her booty. Her worth is more than having a mink stole. Or driving a nice car. Her worth is internal and external. Her worth helps others and not herself. Her worth uh, is, uh, amen, uh, advertised through a speaker. She's a bad girl. She takes care of her own. Her children are rising up. Her husband are rising up. People in the streets are rising up. Uh, People at the gates are rising up. Everybody's giving her a hand of applause. So, all I gotta say to the mothers today stand and give yourself a standing ovation. You earned your stripes, you paid a price, you weathered long. You've been through a lot of stuff, but Jesus brought you out. Can I get a witness? Jesus ordered your steps. Jesus gave you joy. Jesus. I said, Jesus, Jesus, not by power, not by might. But by my spirit, saith the Lord, the worth of a mother is beyond rubies. We ought to reverence every mother. We ought to applaud every mother. We ought to thank God for every mother. Because without them, we'd be in big trouble. Can I get a witness? Thank God we had mothers. Thank God we have mothers that poured their self into us. We didn't always like it, did we? No. No, we didn't. We didn't always like it. But thank God I had a good father and a good mother. And listen to me. They played the hand they were dealt. You'll get that on the way home. God doesn't deal everybody the same hand. Some hands, we're lacking cards. Some hands, we may have a lot of trunk or royal flush. That's easy to lay down. But when you get a hand where you don't have everything in it, you got to wait on him. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But they played the hands they were dealt. You know what God wants you to do? Play the hands you were dealt. Stop looking at somebody else saying, yeah, I wish I had what they had. No, no, no. Play the hands that you were dealt. Because whatever you were dealt, you were dealt by grace. And grace is amazing. Amazing grace? How sweet the sound, that saved the wretch like me. As every hit his bowed eyes closed. If you need to be saved, raise your hand. You want to give Jesus your life. He died for your sins of burning rose again. Or you want to join the church, raise your hand. Love to have you. Is there one. Now I'm going to ask all these ladies to come out front. Come on. Come on down. Come on out front. Praise Jesus. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. Love you. Come on down front. Tanya. Not Tanya's over there. I'm talking about Kenya. Thank you, darling. Praise the Lord. Now, listen up. As we close on this great Mother's Day. And my mother's been gone 19 years. But she's in glory. Glory. I will see her again can I get a witness somebody I don't know if they made this up I haven't seen it in the bible but one of them old folk from down south said when it's time for you to die somebody summons your family in heaven and they all come around the gate and they are waiting for you to come in can I get a witness And Jesus is saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou been faithful of a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Then your family just embraces you and say, welcome to glory. We're here forevermore. No more pain, no more cancer, no more problems, no more tears, no more death. That's gonna be a joyous time. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we're gonna sing, we're gonna shout the victory. Sister Arnold, come up here. Darling, is Darlene still here? Da- is Darlene Walker here? The ones that spoke this morning, come on up here, please. Amen. We don't have too many members to stay for two services. Come on, baby. Come on. Praise the Lord. Oh, Kim. Yeah, you're the one. Praise the Lord. Good. Hallelujah. I kept telling Kim, all right, bring it in. Oh, Jeannie. Bring it in. Bring it in. Praise Jesus. Now, as I pray, I want you to come up and congratulate these mothers. Who have spoken powerfully this morning? Didn't you enjoy them? Give them a hand clap. Didn't you enjoy them? Give them a hand clap. Give them a hand clap. Now, I'm getting ready to pray. Listen to Pastor. This might make some sense to you. I don't run to the graveyard every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks and put flowers at the gravesite of my mother and father and my brothers. My theology tells me to save my gas. Because they're not in there. Can I get a witness? They are home with the Lord. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen, and you will see them again. Nothing wrong with you taking flowers and honoring and cleaning off. Don't get caught up in that. Can I get a witness? In the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the dead bodies in Christ will rise and hook up with the spirits from heaven. Do I have a witness? Understand this, child of God. We want to wish every mother a great mother's day. Let's get the mothers a hand clap. Father, we thank you for the word of God that was demonstrated this day. How you have anointed these women from on high to preach and speak your word with supernatural Holy Ghost power. Making it applicable to all of us. Thank you for this study. Thank you for their submission, thank you for their families, thank you for their husbands, their children, anoint them from on high, even now, and in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, and bless all mothers today, as they have been challenged in watchfulness, works, wisdom, Uh, Lord have mercy, worth. And, and, and wisdom and all the other W's that we use today. Help us as we leave this place, but never your presence, to be blessed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's, there's flowers going out the door for the mothers. We love you. Happy Mother's Day.